Hello and welcome to Talking About Our Beautiful Savior, episode number 68. We have two special guests Very today. special. But first of all, I'm Pastor Alex Groth. And I'm Staff Minister Carrie Groth. Would you care to introduce yourselves? And it's not a six-year-old who's going to sing Away in a Manger. Yeah. <laughs> no, they should, they should introduce okay. themselves. Okay. Well, it could be a 76-year-old who sings Away in a Manger. Dad, if you want to so sing Away in a Manger at any time, feel free. You know, no matter could, where we are in the this podcast. This could be a short podcast for me if you keep picking on me. We're not. Considering I'm the, the dad of this very special pastor, Alex Grove. If it wasn't for me and, and also my wife, he wouldn't be here. That's So that's Jim Growth, my dad. Um, uh, and this is Ashley Comer. Uh, this is, I'm a second time guest. Yeah, this is your two timers club. Yeah. Ashley's the only repeat guest. Oh, no, Liam's been sister. on it. Liam's been on the podcast twice. Oh, okay. So this and is I help. With corrections and objections yes. for the podcast, yes, but mostly just yeah. pop culture. And Ashley's very helpful with family that. references. If we say something incorrect, Ashley will text and say that it's incorrect. Not, or not theological. Not theological. Because <laughs> we make no mistakes there. There's no corrections to be made. Okay. Um, anything before we we just get going with the Sunday school lesson, or um, should we... the the rainbow this morning? Did anyone see that? I saw it. I saw it on Instagram. The double rainbow. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It was incredible. Like it was glorious. Did mm-hmm. you see it? What channel was it on? Oh, it was right here. The joke started <laughs> I <was> immediately. <laughs> I thought he's serious. Well, it was raining when I got up. <laughs> well, I I was pulling in the parking lot and I was like stunned. Yeah, I opened by up the, the sliding doors for Carrie and she's like shouting at me from her car. Al, Al, you gotta get out here. Al, get out here and look that way. And it is gorgeous. It doesn't sound like it. It wasn't just me. Donna Jordan was also like. Mm-hmm. Doing she like wasn't circles yelling and... at me that I <laughs> she, we we were yelling at each other mm. out of the window. Hi, hi. <laughs> it's beautiful. It was so pretty. Yeah, it was. The sky was, was a light. Yeah. So I know, I know this is an audio medium, but yeah, it basically picture a rainbow. Roy G. Biv. <laughs> well, this could be a shout out to or like a you know plug for your oh, Instagram yeah. Follow, page. Oh uh, yeah. Ins- what's our Instagram handle? Oh, yeah. Beautiful Savior Cincy. Yeah, beautiful Savior Cincy with a Y underscore? at the end. No. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, right. check out our Insta. Lots of good content on there. All right, let's get into it. Lost okay. and Found Wonders. Our Sunday School lesson is three parables. Two of them are very short. Uh, so just the, the background to it. The Pharisees are expressing their unhappiness with Jesus because he's spending his time with tax collectors and other quote-unquote sinners. So we the setting of these parables is important because it's... A showdown between Jesus and the Jewish leaders, which happens often, that they're a little bit, um, I don't know, what would you say, disappointed with him? Or they're using it as, as a way to attack him, that he spends so much time with people that they have deemed less than respectable? Yeah. They're like, um, I don't know, they're, they're like, would you say that they're, ju- like, they want to call him out on something, so they're just... Yeah, I mean, but I think, <clears throat> so they want to, they want to be... They're looking to attack Jesus, but also it is weird in their perspective right. that he's spending time with these people. Yeah. Because um, they would never think about doing that. <clears throat> so the first one is the parable of the lost sheep. So the guy has a hundred sheep, and one of them gets lost, and he goes and finds that one and leaves the rest of the 99. So the note we have here is a hundred sheep is pretty normal. How would you feel about taking care of a hundred sheep, Dad? Would you want to do that? Uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? How because many sheep would you comfortably take care of? I would be zero. Zero sheep. Because okay. I've, they're dumb. <laughs> wow. They have no We're going to hear from PETA after this one, guys. <laughs> they, they don't so know how to The of my father are not shared by the, the host of this podcast. He's don't, please own, don't sue the podcast. He's his own entity. 
Uh, no, having so having hundred sheep was normal. That's a lot of responsibility. It like, is as a shepherd, though. I think you know. So the shepherd imagery in the Bible is obviously pretty common, and to have this level of care for one sheep. I mean, well, if you have ninety nine sheep and one sheep is gone, what would you be tempted to think? Just kind of be like, Doesn't that's matter. a bummer. Let yeah, that's one percent of my sheep. I'm kind of a math guy, so <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna go off and you know risk the rest of these ninety nine for the one. But he goes and finds the one, and then I guess what makes it um, extra unique is the fact that he invites his friends over to celebrate the recovery of that sheep, which you just think is like, that's not that big of a deal. But what does that show about how the shepherd feels about all of his sheep? Yeah. They're all valuable. Yeah, they're all valuable to him. So even one being lost for a moment is enough to get him to go get them. And then when that sheep is back, you know, he's rejoices and, you know, the Bible talks about there's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner repenting. Mm-hmm. The next parable is a lot like that, the parable of the lost <clears> coin. <throat> uh, so it's not a, a shepherd at this point, it's a poor woman. And she loses one of her ten coins in her house. Um, what do you, I mean, so we've all lost something in our house. What do you think made it more difficult to find something back in those days than it would be today? No light. No light. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what were, if you were going to, if you've lost your special coin in your house today, what would you do? How would you try to find it? Well, I would be like, call my iPhone. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> who, are you does your, who are you telling to call your Alexa, iPhone? Alexa, okay. Echo. Why is the iPhone going to find the I coin? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, call my iPhone and tell it to find the coin. <laughs> because I have an AirTag on it, an Apple Tag. On all of your coins? <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't Every single one of her coins. <laughs> Carrie puts an air tag on it. She uh, loves those coins. If, I, if we lost a coin, what would we do? Yeah, I mean, you'd get out your phone or if, and use the flashlight, right? Yeah. So, I mean, for one, they don't have lamps or overhead lights. They don't have an iPhone. They have, you know, flip phones. You right? don't have iPhones. <laughs> you get on your hands and knees and yeah. look in every yes. corner. You look in every yep. corner. But, I mean, for them, like, the, the floors of their homes aren't like us today. They're we not have, full <laughs> of... Like it's more dirt, right? Or... I mean, it's dust and oh, dirt. Yeah. And it's not like a normal flooring. So it's going to take a long time to find this coin. Interesting. So you would just think, if I'm this woman, I'm like, whatever, I'm not going to go look for this coin. <laughs> but then, you know, every possible means she looks to find this this coin. And again, there's celebration and rejoicing when the coin is found. So what, what point is Jesus making? So what message is he sending these Jewish leaders with these first two parables? The sheep and the coin. Same thing. It's very... Every soul is mm-hmm. very important to yeah. Jesus, and he wants all to be saved. Yeah, right. Yeah, so like you said earlier, so people that they're deeming unworthy, like, are worthy mm-hmm. of God's love and being saved. Yeah, they're a sheep, they're a coin, that, mm-hmm. and God comes looking for them. There's a great poem I quoted in the sermon years ago called The Hound of Heaven. And it's really good. I mean, it's. I think it's written from the first-person perspective. The, the narrator's just describing being chased uh, by this hound and feeling, like, you know, terrified, that, wow. you know, trying to get away. And finally the hound catches them, and it's God. And he realizes, okay, God's been pursuing me mm-hmm. when I've left him all these yeah. times over and over again. And that, I mean, that's the great greatness of the Christian God, the God of the Bible, as he pursues us. Yep. So and then the prodigal son is the third parable. It's the longest of the three. And... So you have a younger, there's two sons of the dad. A younger son asked for his inheritance early, and that was not something you were that supposed to be able really to do. That was really rude. So why do you, <laughs> <laughs> taking was a strong like, stance. That is so entitled. Yeah. I mean, like, to disrespect your dad like that, like mm-hmm. that was, um, 
you know, like the thing, his legacy. Like he's gonna give it to him. I've never disrespected my dad before, so this is it's good to <laughs> news to this, you. Yeah, this is. This I is can very verify weird that this uh, he was a hundred percent the greatest son you could ever have. Never it's did sad. a thing wrong. Thank you. I've been saying that for years. Nice to have it on record now. Um, no, I mean, so wh- why do you think he? What would motivate a, a son to do this? Why is he asking for his share of inheritance? He wants to go out and party. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't I mean, want to be happy. He wants to live in the world. Yeah. Right. And he wants to get out of his father's house, get mm-hmm. away from the rules, and yeah. go party. So I think that's a pretty good picture of why people walk away from God today. And we struggle with that too, don't we? I mean, mm-hmm. what's the number one thing you probably wrestle with when it comes to God is his rules. He wants mm-hmm. you to do stuff and you don't want to, or he wants you to do something and you don't want to do it. So we, we identify with this younger son even as we recognize that this is incredibly rude. Right. So he leaves, um, and I mean, how do you feel about the father giving him the money? I want to know dad's perspective on this one. Yeah. How do you feel about the father giving him money? Well, I think it's, uh, you can look at it at two different ways. One is that he, he wants to uh, just do what his son would like. Because he knows that if he doesn't, it's just going to be, he'll probably just leave anyway. Yeah. So he mm-hmm. he's going to do what he thinks is going to be best at the time. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I might as well just, you know, at least see what happens. You know, I'm, I'm going to honor what his request. And, and I mean, so then the younger son goes off. And this is probably one of the most famous parable in the Bible. And uh, he squanders the money. And quickly, so what happens? Do you remember what happens if the money's run out? Yes, he gets very hungry. Well, what happens before that? He's made lots of friends with his money. What happens to all those money friends? I don't know. Oh, like before the money runs out? No, when the money runs out. Oh, well, they leave. Yeah, they desert him. Yeah, no thanks. You don't have money. We're not your friend. (laughs) I knew that. So they're not real friends. (laughs) Yeah. So they they ditch him. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, man. Tension here in the podcast. We'll be right back. (laughs) We haven't done a fake sponsor for a while. Who could be our fake sponsor? I'm just looking around. Um, I already mentioned the candles before. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Werther's. <laughs> Werther's <laughs> sitting here for the child gave gave Gary. Brought to you by Werther's. Yummy. Yeah, yeah, the, the crinkle of the... Crinkle, crinkle. Okay, no, don't... <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> the, if you want a candy that sticks to your teeth long after you've done, you're done with it. This is like Lexi's favorite candy. She always has Werther's. Does she really? Yeah. Really? Always. She's like, That's you know Alex's Werther's? other sister. Yeah. And I'm like, we're talking I'm about. not... All right, we're back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a good ad. <laughs> so the, he runs out of money, and he's desperate. He gets a job uh, at a farm, mm-hmm. like we all would. That's my backup yeah. plan. Yeah. Get a job at a farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is, you were about to say, what does he want to do with the food of the pigs? Well, yeah, so he, he himself doesn't have enough money to get his own food. Yeah. So um, he looks at the pig's food and like wishes that he could eat it. Wish I could eat that pig food. Yep. This episode is brought to you by <laughs> pig food. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's that detail always stands out to yeah. me, right? I mean, it just shows you what, how far that, he's fallen. I mean, he's right? like, uh, it seems like a rich 
the son of a rich man. Yeah. yeah. So he's had this very easy life to this point. It a seems. little entitled. Yeah. yeah. And he demands his money and goes out and wastes it. And now he just think you know, from high to low. You know, mm-hmm. I just I wish I could eat the the pig's food. And he realizes this is stupid to be working. My, my father's servants are treated better than this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's going to go back to his dad. Can I? So let's, I do want to think about the dad's, you know, he, he, he knew what his son was going to do. Um, he knew his son. Yeah. But he, he decided, this is how I'm going to show love to him. Um, like, that was wise. Like, he could have, you know, come down with a hammer or, like, been you know a different a different style of parenting yeah. he he chose that style of parenting to let him go yeah um to like show him that he loved him despite you know and and that's why the son came back mhm yeah yeah the relationship with the father is still good enough that you know, I, I should go back and he's not he's not planning on you know going back to his status as son he understands like I probably should in humility just ask for a servant's role so what do you think as he's, as he's heading back to see his dad, what's going through his head? I mean, I would think, like, wow, I made a huge mistake. Yeah, mm-hmm. I made a like, huge mistake. Yeah. Will he uh, accept me? Mm-hmm. Probably reciting what he's going to say in his yeah. head. And I've always liked the, the con- different commentaries on this, that picture of the, the dad kind of watching the horizon every day, you know. Like Melville looks out the window when yes, she's exactly. waiting for me. Yes, exactly, like our dog. <laughs> uh, no, but just the, the beauty of that. Like the, the, the dad doesn't know when the sun's coming right. back, but all the time he's waiting for him to come back and scanning the horizon. And then sees his son, and you just you picture like the, the, the son starting his speech, and the father's just like, like stop that. I do you not know, care just, about, like, yeah. Sweeps him into a big I hug. love you. You know, let's have a big party, which is great. I mean, that's that's the common thread with the other three parables. The son's mm-hmm. back. Let's have a celebration. Yeah. So wh- how would you describe the love of this father? Unconditional. Unconditional. Relentless. Relentless, yeah. Um, unstoppable. Unfailing. God's love is described in the Bible as unfailing. Selfish. Selfless. Selfless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Selfless. So yeah, they're gonna have a party. So the the amazement uh, that we have as readers is that yeah, the God, the, the Father's enduring. love is so endearing, Sorry. enduring, selfless, selfish, all those things. Yeah. Um, but what the little button in the parable that we don't often think about is how does the older brother react? Oh yeah, like we would. <laughs> what? How? Don't speak for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you answer. No, I have a question for you after. (laughs) Oh, man. man. We'll be right back. (laughs) Uh, He, well, I'll tell you, then I'll ask you the question. (laughs) He was jealous because he stayed there and worked for his father all these years. He got his inheritance early and he blew it. Why should he be able to come back and be in the good graces of and his? celebrate mm-hmm. him. Okay. My yeah. question for you is, it uh-huh. doesn't say in the <laughs> parable, but does the brother ever forgive his brother? I, Climb into the mind of God. I, yeah. So, um, we're the brother in this. We are, since we're the... We're both. I mean, right. That's what I'm saying. We're the, we're the son and... Both the sons. brother and the other brother. With the little brother and the big brother. Okay. We got it. <laughs> so, that. like, we... It, this parable is striking. Like, I I feel called out when I read it because... Mm, that makes one of us, um, <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> right, blood family? <laughs> We've never done any of this. Because, mm. like, you know... We'll be right back. <laughs> because here, you know, you... you 
it makes sense that this older brother would be like, what is the deal? Like, yeah. Dad, I've been faithfully working for you. Like, I really, I gave you, I was a good kid. His and, reaction yeah. seems totally justified, yeah. doesn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's, and it just makes me, like, see in myself, like, I should be celebrating and, like, you know, have, like, a heart bursting with gratitude and joy yeah. for, like, you know, other people's um good, you know, mm-hmm. the blessings that they're Their doing. repentance, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the blessings that God gives them is part of that repentance. Yeah. So, yeah, and it is, my dad alluded to before, the parable ends with no resolution. You know, it's just the, the mm-hmm. father basically says, like, shouldn't, you know, he was gone. He was lost and he's found. Shouldn't we be happy that he came back? And we don't, we aren't told. And know? do you think Jesus does that? He So he ends the story at the climax, which allows the reader then to engage further like in their own brain yeah I, I think so and i think i mean this part is directed at the jewish leaders that he's talking to isn't yeah. it it's like th- for them to draw the conclusion you're that older brother mm-hmm. so this is often described as the parable of the prodigal son or the lost son and i've heard it more accurately described as the parable of the two sons yeah because we we get so focused on the beauty of the father's love and grace for that first son which is amazing but we forget that there is a striking law point at the end mm-hmm. um and as you said, yeah, we're, we're both. We're, we're both of these sons, depending on the day. Yep. Sometimes I walk away from God and I want nothing to do with him because he seems overbearing and he seems like bossy. And sometimes I look down at other people and think, well, I'm glad I'm not them, not mm-hmm. as bad as them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, this is a parable for both the tax collectors and the Pharisees. And depending on the day, we need to hear one message or the other. Yep. Probably some days we need to hear both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else in this parable? I think we've covered the three pretty well. I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. I just the, the the love of God for both. Yeah. For both sons. Yeah, is, and how is the the key. He didn't he didn't um you know, like rebuke his older son, make him feel like unworthy or yeah. like ashamed. He 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 just responded with another mm-hmm. loving. It's more patience, action. isn't yeah, it? Like, he's, just yeah. logic. Shouldn't I be happy? Super patient. Yeah. All right, our first lesson, our Old Testament lesson, is from Isaiah 49. Uh, the season of Epiphany, we're in the uh, book of Isaiah quite a bit. So it starts out with this. It says, Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. This is Jesus talking. And I, I like that um, that imagery of basically the distant islands. It just means like everywhere in the world, as far to the ends of the earth, everybody needs to listen up because this message is important. And then Jesus says, before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name, which is, certainly fits Jesus, right? I mean, mm-hmm. before long, thousands of years before he was born, Jesus had been promised by you know, um, mm-hmm. God as the, the Savior. And then he says, this is, this is really good. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. So Jesus has a weapon. Yeah. I don't know, how do you feel about Jesus as a sharpened sword concealed in someone's hand or Jesus as a polished arrow? I mean, I think that's not like a way that I often think of right. him, you know, it's like a, the, not the imagery that I usually have in my head. And how do you feel about it? Is it scary or inspiring? I guess it's inspiring if yeah. you are thinking about it in the right way, I think. Yeah. Where's the weapon aimed, I guess, is the question. At in death and the devil. Yeah, so I mean, he's a weapon come. So what's the significance of being of him being concealed in a hand? Oh. Like he's there's a a moment when it will be given, presented. Okay. Enacted. So, I mean, it's <clears throat> it's a, a hidden weapon, a secret weapon. 
right? Okay. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's a, a sword that you can pull out when your enemy's least expecting it. It's yeah. it's you've got the quiver of arrows on your back and they don't see it, mm-hmm. and right at the right time you can pull it out and shoot it. So I mean, doesn't that refer to the fact that Jesus didn't seem as he's walking around being a good carpenter? Right. Is anyone like there goes that weapon? Yeah, no, he, just, he looks, guy like, who's gonna just, looks like some yeah. rando guy from Israel. So he's just a person, but the whole time he's walking around, like yeah. he's actually being fired, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Not like fired from his job, because he was a great carpenter, I'm sure. But he's he's a, the whole life that he lives is him being fired. Yeah. As an arrow into the heart of sin, because yeah. it's all it's all the perfect life. So the entire time he's this weapon that's slicing through the air, but it doesn't look like it. And I just love this that imagery because, like, we have Jesus, like, in, we have that weapon to mm-hmm. use. Yeah. And it's, like, with us all the time. I, I looked back the last time I preached this, I had this image, I think that I got from books, some book somewhere, just the image of Jesus being fired as an arrow in the Garden of Eden, and the arrow flies past, Noah flies past, Abraham, Moses, David, and finally right on the cross, it goes right in the heart of the wow. devil. Because he is a weapon. and mm-hmm. So that that's what stands out to me. But then verse 4 is why I really love this text. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. That's Jesus talking. Isn't that a little shocking to hear him say that? Mm-hmm. What reality is Jesus saying about his work? Or can, maybe a phrase it this way. Can you think of a moment from Jesus' life when it would have made sense for him to say this? I have labored in vain. I have spent my oh, strength goodness. for nothing at all. I'll let you guys go if you want. I'll go. When does Jesus' work seem most frustrating? Well, I mean, there's several times, but I think, you know, with his disciples, just like over and over and over again, mm-hmm. you know? And like, then at the... Oh, someone didn't <laughs> silence their phone. <laughs> Someone's getting a call from Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw. NFL, wasn't that the NFL? Yeah, that was good. Jim, what are your thoughts on the game? <laughs> Go pack. Um, what were we talking about? So Frustrating moments for Jesus. Well, just like, and then during Holy Week, I mean, just like rapid fire, mm-hmm. you know, like just let down after let down. And, yeah. and I say let down, but he knew it was coming, but like just nobody could be there for him. Right. I think, I think of Holy Week too, Gethsemane seems to be like the pinnacle of Jesus' frustration. Um He's told the disciples over and over again what's going to happen, and they're yeah. still, you know, they're sleeping. They're, Peter's pulling out the sword. Uh, they abandon him. A couple hours later, Peter denies him. So just all this effort. I just think if I've, if I've dragged these fishermen behind me for two, three, three years, years at this point, yeah. and they I still, still don't, understand, don't get it, yeah. wouldn't you be like, what a waste? I, I think another one would be after the Gethsemane would be after the crow. After yeah. the, the oh, yeah. cat crows, mm-hmm. and then he looks at Peter. Yeah. With mm-hmm. it, and we don't know what the look is, but yeah. in all the pictures, you can just see the hurt yeah. and, uh, right. in his eyes, right. looking at Peter, who has yeah. denied him three times. And he's a human being, right? Yeah. I mean, I think to me, this this is Jesus' humanity. Is Jesus trust at all? Just, you know, lowered? Is it? Is no. there any sense of doubt in this? No. But he's a human being that just says, look at look at this. Look yep. at this work this that I've what done, I'm, and it's for, yeah. for nothing. It feels yeah, like it's for I, nothing. I think sometimes for even myself, we forget that he is human mm-hmm. because yeah. he is true God and true man. Yeah. But he set aside his 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 godliness, yeah. mm-hmm. and he is a true man. It's mm-hmm. just like when he said, only the Father knows when the yeah. last day will come yeah. because he didn't know because he was true man. Yeah. Right. 
I, to me, Gethsemane is where you see Jesus' humanity most clearly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, the emotion of, I'm going <clears> to <throat> suffer for all sins tomorrow, and just the face down on the ground, Gethsemane. So I see him saying that here. I, another moment, I think, is earlier on in his ministry when he goes to his hometown, and they're ready to throw him off a cliff, and you just think, yeah. I grew up with these people. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I can't, like I can't even to save me. you guys. I'm nice. And, you know, I, I go, you asked me to preach in, in your synagogue, and I stand <laughs> up, and I'm like, hey, I'm the Messiah, and they're like, we don't like that. And I just think, wouldn't that be another moment where it's like, it's so frustrating. Like, these yeah. are the people that should know me best and love me. Yeah. And about, even they. What about his brothers? When, yeah, his uh, brothers and sisters. Didn't, they didn't believe him. They wanted to send him to a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they didn't have them then. But. Right. Well, they, they were all full of appointments at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fully booked. <laughs> so, I mean, that, so that's just, you know, in our, in our parlance, we, when a verse is just like part of it, we'll say part A or part B. So that's just Isaiah 49, verse uh, 4A. And ver- part B is, yet what is due me in the, is in the Lord's hand. My reward is with my God. Yes. So, yes. Yep. Sorry. I've spent my strength for nothing at all, yet I know my future is in God's hand. Yeah. And his, he is my strength and my reward is with my God. And victory is mine. To me, uh, I think we talked a little bit about Christian realism last week in the podcast. Maybe that was somewhere else. But just to be a Christian realist is to look at life and say, I don't like this. This is frustrating. You know, mm-hmm. there's no point in the Bible where God's like, pretend everything's fine. Right. You know, there's no... Like, no. Flash your smile on your face and just mm-hmm. be like, everything's going to be okay. You know, read the Psalms, read this section, and there's a good, it's good to acknowledge that things are not right. Yeah. But in the same breath, you say, but I know it's going to be okay because God is with me and my reward is with God in heaven. Yeah. So that's the faith that Jesus is expressing. I can call out things that are bad, but also at the same time say, I know that it's going to work out eventually. Yeah. And the way I say it to my students is, it's okay, but it's not. But it is. But it's not. But it is. But it is. But it really is. But it's not. But it is. Do you say That's that the same way? Yeah. How do you remember well, that? No, I mean, I do it different every time, but it's oh, all those. That was intense. I felt like I was I in could. <laughs> but because it is just this, like, constant, like, I am okay, even though everything is not mm-hmm. okay. I am okay. Yeah. But I'm not. But I am. But I am. But I'm not. But I am. But I am. I am. Ah, I end with the victory. You're in my face. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really excited about this. I know. I can tell when you I love it. So this section. So I, for one of our confirmation classes, I got the girls a ring with a an arrow, mm-hmm. and then I had this verse in there, and um, just like that victory, like. I don't know. It's super powerful, super inspiring. Yeah. Uh, and then, so the last two verses there, this is really why it's it's part of the Epiphany season. The Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be a servant to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. So those last two verses just help us remember it's not just for Israel. God says, "Win, man, it'd be too small for you just to be the savior of the Jews. You're going to go to the very ends of the earth." Yeah. Uh, we didn't mention our theme up front. Our theme. This is we celebrate baptism of our Lord uh, on Sunday, and so in our gospel, which we're about to read, is, is the baptism of Jesus. But in this section, we can really see him taking our place. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is someone who's coming to be frustrated in our place. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's finish with our gospel, Mark one. So John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. This was a, Mark 1, 1 to 8 was a reading back in uh, this fall. So we covered that section before. I think one of the comments we made was just kind of amazing that this guy's out in the, in the wilderness preaching about sin and they need to turn away from it. And these crowds are all coming out to him. So the yeah. power of God's word. Yeah. Verse 6, John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. This was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So there you very clearly see John's work. The spotlight is on his cousin Jesus who's coming after him. And then, last three verses here are the reason why it's picked for this Sunday. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. So maybe just a general question, what's your reaction to Jesus' baptism? Your thoughts on what it would have looked like, what would have been to be there, any anything? Well, we just had um, our sermon text last week at church was about Jesus' baptism. and no, That's a week early. <laughs> Well, okay, I'll leave. We'll be right back. Maybe just if you could give me your pastor's email, I'll send a shoot off a quick, yeah. Um, No, but I think, uh, you know, like Jesus didn't have any reason to be baptized, like if it weren't for our sins. Mm -hmm. Like that's the only reason he needed to be baptized. And um, an interesting point that he made that I just don't really think of it this way is like that... Obviously, like you were talking about, Dad, like he set aside his like divine powers to be like human, like us, and like baptism, like he was made more human, like us. And uh, sorry, I'm trying to get to a point here. <laughs> Take your time. Like, all the time. I we'll do be that right back. Okay. <laughs> For my sister to collect her thoughts. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, like that God was made more like us. To, to get the job done for us to be saved and mm. not like truly like there's nothing that we've done like yeah. you would think like oh wow. we should be like made more godlike yes and like obviously we want to live like christ and like show his love to others but it's not that's not anything that we're doing mm. like it's yeah. all like oh that's yeah. really that's a good point. yeah ashley well that was said. Boy, that was worth sitting through that two minutes of <laughs> mumbling to get that <laughs> thanks a lot <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> that joke never gets old. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> and we're back. Uh, so Jesus' <laughs> baptism. Yeah, I think that's a great point. That you know, Jesus becomes like one of us, which is so different than your traditional view of religion. Is that get yourself right with God, as opposed to no God becomes right with us. Uh, anything else there? I, it's just maybe some of the details about what that would have looked like. Uh, in other places, Mark's account is really short. As you kind of, if you read Mark's gospel before, um, you just know like his descriptions of stuff is pretty short to the point. Like it's the shortest gospel. This happened. This happened. This happened. Yeah, he's he's in a rush to get to the cross. I think is the way Pastor Wester put it uh, a couple months ago when we were doing the study, which is 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 true. Um, I don't know, remember what gospel it is, Matthew or, or Luke, that tells us that. Um, John initially balked at baptizing Jesus, saying, like, yeah. you should baptize right. me. Right. And Jesus says, no, it's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Like, yeah. essentially what Ashley said. Like, this is this is it. I'm all in. You know, I'm taking their place completely. I just, um, I, when the voice from heaven 
um, says this is my son whom I love. Like it's in the spirit is descending like a dove. I, it's just such a cool thing to know. Like so many people were witnessing this. Like they, well, I heard no. Is this? Oh, <laughs> never mind. The next point I was gonna make <laughs> is we don't know who all saw this. Okay. It may have just. I guess been I John always imagine. I you know I, I think it's okay to imagine that more people saw this, but we're but not we really know. told that. Uh, it could have been just Jesus and John, or it could have yeah. been massive crowds of people. We just or it could have know. just been like Jesus and John to the side while a bunch of other people were hit there, but maybe not like tuned in. But then they hear the voice. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's cool, and it's interesting that he, it, the voice is directed at Jesus, mm-hmm. not like at the crowd of people. If there was a crowd or yeah. not, it's. He's talking I mean, to it's, his son. It's a witness to John, and it's also a reassurance to his son Jesus. That, yeah, yeah, you know this. This is this is right. I I appreciate uh, the the last verse. When you take that with other verses, yeah. uh, number one is it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it proves there is a Trinity. Yeah, and then if you take this along with other verses, it proves that Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah. That He's a God, not just a just a human. Right. Right. And when you talk to like the Jehovah's Witnesses, and they say He's just a man, He's yeah. not God. You can take this, this verse like along with help. John one and. Yeah. Uh, all these places where the word and the word was God, mm-hmm. that that's proof to them that or should be proof yeah. to them that He Jesus is truly is the divine. Son of God. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one last point to make about this is just uh, I've heard explained before, and I really like this because of Jesus. You know, verse eleven that my dad was just referencing. God says that to us, right? You're my child, whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. You think there's no reason that He should say that to us. But he really did take our place. So God can say that about each one of us, which is bonkers. It doesn't feel like he should ever be pleased with us, but yet he is through Jesus. Amen. Amen. Do you guys know your baptism dates? Mm, I want to say mine is August, so I was born on a Thursday, I'm pretty sure. And was was I baptized the Sunday after I was born? You were born in the, you were baptized in the hospital by your what? grandfather. Yeah. Or, I didn't. This is news <gasps> to wow. me. Oh, Breaking oh, news, all three everyone. Of you were on baptized this podcast. I need some time to process. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. Wow. You did? I've only seen pictures of me in church. So that must yeah, have been well, an aff- affirmation. Affirmation, affirmation huh. of baptism, but you were all baptized. <laughs> Like I've been lied to for 39 years. <laughs> comes out on a podcast. Please stop of all it. That, no, the the I I love that because I too, if we were ever to have biological children, I like I would want a baptism literally like right away because like God's claiming them as His own. Mm-hmm. So like, don't waste any time. Do it now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I waited till first grade when I was to be baptized. Yeah. But I do remember it, and that's I, cool. I yeah, it was very powerful, like really, really powerful. It was me, my brother, and my sister, and we had just become Lutherans. Um, we had been, you know, going to all sorts of different places before, and it was very powerful because, like, the word was present, and that was like the first time, I think, I really could could see like what what was happening in this church like why are we here like it it was just all about the word mm-hmm. yeah that's good what would you so i was baptized in the hospital what was ashley's story hospital 
Hospital. They all three of you were in the hospital. I didn't know that. Wait, did I did know not that? know that. I thought mine was <laughs> the like third. Breaking news. <laughs> I... well, your information probably was the third. Oh. But every time so you see those pictures, the same that was information. Wow. I've been guys. lying to people. Me too. I have I a lot what. of apologies to make. I'm, I apologize <laughs> that we never told you. No, it's, I like that. Well, you should like have known. Know. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to head back to Wisconsin. <laughs> Gotta clear my head. See, just so you know, you were a child of God before you even thought you were. Right. That's great. A couple extra days of grace. And that goes really well with your last question, but we should do the verse first. Yes. So Christ begins. You want to read? So the first through eighth grade is singing that in second service, and the congregation singing the first service. You want to read that there? Yeah. We stand and we watch on the bank, wide-eyed. Water runs and all heaven opens wide. And a voice like thunder replied. Okay, just stop there. So that's verse one. That's about Jesus' baptism. And then the refrain. Here's my prophet, my priest, my king. A light in the dark. Christ steps in. Here's my savior, my God, my king. The time has come. Christ begins. Anything you especially appreciate there? Any of the the three of you? What do you like about those lyrics, if anything? I I like that he's my king because... Mm -hmm. uh, I listened to one of your sermons, and you use the term King Jesus uh, all the time throughout that sermon. And Mm. that, to me, that really, really rings true. King Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's, to me, that's the best way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. This is the three, I mean, so we we typically, I just taught a lesson last night on catechism about the threefold office of Christ, prophet, priest, and king. So you don't see that brought out a lot in hymns. So Mm -hmm. I like that's that's done that there. Mm Mm-hmm. Anything else? It's exciting because, you know, when Jesus was baptized, that's when it was like, all right, now I'm going to go pray um, because, like, it's getting real, real. Like, I'm going to go. Wait, how real is it getting? Real, real, real. (laughs) Like, really real. That's very real. Like, it's so exciting because you know what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's so just determined and, like, on it. Yeah, I like the steps in. I like the the begins. Just yeah. the the that's the epiphany idea that he appears as yeah. savior to all nations. Um, I like a, that a light in the dark. Um, I think this is like different from the imagery earlier in Isaiah of him being a, you know, hidden and secret and mm-hmm. quiver. And I think it's like, you know, there's a lot of dark things that happen in our world, and it's like he's always there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. All right, final question. How does our view of baptism go wrong? So we're, we're thinking a lot about baptism this Sunday. Our Romans 6 uh, reading we didn't cover talks about being buried with Christ in baptism. Anybody? <laughs> Carrie, we're all um, looking at you. Okay, sure. So why don't you go first? I, go. Yeah. I could go too. Oh, I oh, want to go first. Carrie got called out before the podcast yeah, for, for never, never going first. Never going first. Eric. <laughs> that? Whoops. Ashley's husband, Eric. <laughs> Your son in law. He's going to hear this on Sunday when he's walking Cooper. I, so, um, I, I think the, the most amazing thing about, like, remembering, being able to recall and think back and, think about your baptism is that it's just that such wonderful assurance that you belong to God. God sought you. Mm -hmm. You are God's. Um, And it's like nothing that we did. But then we like to think sometimes the baptism is like more of like I'm I'm presenting myself Mm -hmm. to be, you know, like I love you, Jesus. So it's I'm I'm making a decision now to you know, become a 
part of your family, but like, no, like that's what, cause, cause if that were the case, it, what if I did it wrong? You know, mm-hmm. like what if I didn't do it right? Sure. Um, but this is, all, baptism is all of just God coming to us. Yeah. And taking us into his family. Good answer. Anybody else? Well, I took it uh, on the wrong side that, and I this isn't mine. I came from one of our pastors in one of his Bible information classes yeah. on baptism. He said that, you know, some people view baptism as like an, a magic uh, for, mm. to become Christian. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go through like the the mafia movies like The Godfather. They're killing each other and they're torturing each other. The views of my father do not, are not reflected <laughs> by the host. I've never seen Godfather. And I, never <laughs> I just, I heard, seen, I heard seen. about it. <laughs> but then one of the sons they have a, a christening, yeah. and everything's okay. Right. They they baptize the baby, yeah. and yeah. everything's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People think that if you're baptized, you become a Christian, and, and all, that's all you got to do. Yeah. Right. You're you're good no matter how you live your life. That's yeah. it's not magic. That's yeah, good. That's so not the what two God extremes. Says. The two extremes. One, you know, like Carrie said, is as if it's something that we're doing, which it's not. Baptism is clearly a gift, and baptism, I think, it, it honestly, is one of the most disagreed on disagreed upon things in christianity isn't it baptism what it is or isn't so is baptism something like i'm telling god i dedicate myself to you or is baptism god telling me i put my name on you you don't deserve it but i put my name on you and the bible speaks it's a gift so that's one extreme but the one extreme you're talking about too is okay i'm baptized it's all good now i don't have to worry about my life of sanctification at all god does not say that at all yeah it's not it's he not, doesn't say that that's what baptism is. No, I mean, that maybe gets gets us back to our gospel with John the Baptist, um, baptism of repentance. You know, my, my sin is bad, and I'm forgiven, and now God give me a new heart that doesn't want to sin anymore. And then the wonderful thing is that you can reflect on that, like, no matter what happens, no matter, mm-hmm. you know, how much shame or guilt you feel, like, I have been baptized. Yeah. I've been baptized by Christ. I believe in, you know. There's, there's a way a way I sometimes talk about baptism with my students where I'll say uh, baptism makes Stop it so it. it's not okay but it is okay but it's not okay but it is and it's okay and it's not but it's not I, I heard you I've heard that before yeah I'm the one that does that I was our pastor was saying that no it's, it's only me I have to finish that's my that's my little thing that Let, I do okay I can go too okay yes, go please. ahead um well, we had our sermon text last week was Romans 6. Um, a little early, but that's fine. So, <laughs> um, but I think like one of the thing, takeaways is like baptism is like an everyday thing. It's not mm-hmm. like I was baptized when I was a baby and I don't remember. And like maybe I have a little something I can hang on my wall about it. But it's like every day, like we are killing, like drowning the old self yeah. and like made anew. And, um, we don't have to worry about our past sins because yeah, yeah. we're forgiven. That's good. Yeah, baptism is just like my baby blanket from childhood, which had a duck on it sailing a, a raft. <laughs> Admiral <laughs> Duck. If it's like that, then yeah, what good is it to me now? I mean, it's like a yeah. memory, special memory. But if my baptism is a living thing, a change in my status, that's yeah. a big deal. All right, that's it. Any final thoughts? Predictions for the Packers Cowboys game? Anybody willing to say a score? Oh yeah. Oh, you for usually sure. have good well, scores. I mean, Dad, do you want to go first? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a Packers yeah. Uh, yeah. hoodie. Zippy. Yeah. So so it's gonna be 
So, okay, for do you remember, who's the Packers quarterback? Do you remember? Let's see if you can do Joey Love. <laughs> Jason Love. Jo- Joey Love. Joshua you got two letters of his first name right Josiah there. Josiah Love. <laughs> Je- Jimmy Jordan. Jack. Jordan Love. Jimmy Jack Love. Jordan Love. Yeah. I got it. Nice. Jordan Love, who yeah. had a really fun season. Yes, he Some did. Some rough points. He bounced back. He has become one of my favorites. People. So favorite that I only took me eight guesses to get his name. Good old Jimmy Johnny Boy. Love. So they're, they're playing the Cowboys. Is that why you married Aaron Groth? Wait, what? Aaron? Wait. What, uh, you said she couldn't remember the oh, the, the first name of yeah. his favorite player. I, I was wondering about her Aaron husband. Aaron all the time. Just fun fact, my whole victory year, um, I was known as Eric. All the other pastors in the circuit. Uh, my first circuit meeting, someone was like, I was like, hi, I'm Vicar Alex Groth. And some no, old guy not. was like, nice to meet you, Eric. <laughs> and I was like, uh, and in my, you know, 24-year-old, like, it's actually Alex. And he was like, yeah, that's what I said. Nice to meet you, Eric. And I just didn't bother to correct anybody after that. So after that, every meeting, how's it going, Eric? It's going fine. <laughs> so we got to finish. We're almost at 45 minutes. So Ooh, prediction. 30. Seven to thirty-one. Who's winning that game? Packers. Packers, of course. Ashley. Oh man. Uh, uh, thirty-five to twenty-seven. Who's winning? Packers. Packers. <laughs> nice, Dad. Twenty-eight to twenty-one. Packers. Cowboys. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I'm a realist. Oh. He's a Christian realist. He's a Christian realist. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go in a in a squeaker. Packers one thousand points. Cowboys negative fifty. Goes <laughs> right down to the wire until Jimmy Jack Love pushes it in for the thousand points. Jimmy Joey Jack Love. Love. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Guess. Oh, bye. Bye. bye.